Into every generation, there is a chosen one. Uh, excuse me, two. One girl in all the world. Two, two girls? Who is this guy? She is... This might have been a... Big Miss Steak. Steak. S-T-A-K-E. Like what you kill a vampire with. A Buffy podcast. Hi, everybody. We're back, baby. We're back. We did it. We're like actually back this time. Yeah, for real. (laughs) It's been a long year, two years. It it sure has. We uh, had to take a break because Ericot broke and then broke us. Last year, we got vaccinated. I saw Melissa in DC. We recorded after that. And then we had this year, a big year for our pal Melissa. A lot of things happened this year. I got a master's degree. <gasps> the male voice and I are now legally entwined. It's Mr. and Mrs. Voice. Yeah, in the bureaucratic event of a marriage. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, obviously, it's been so fun. I was honored when she asked me to give a toast at the wedding. And while I was obviously wanting to reflect on our friendship and our time together and our lives, perhaps as importantly, wanted to talk about Big Mistake. I wanted to seat it in. So I went to ehow.com, had to write a toast, hit the points about... MJ, the male voice, MJ and the male voice, then, you know, snuck in a little thing about how we are proud co-parents of a podcast that will return. And let me tell you, the way they screamed, (laughs) it was like I was the Beatles and you were also a Beatle. And like we as two Beatles had (laughs) mated and reproduced an even larger Beatle. Like a cicada that was going to burst forth <laughs> oh, any year now. Oh. What I'm saying is parenthood is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. You know, your wedding was a delight. As an Indian, as an extrovert, as a task-oriented person, and as somebody who just really enjoys being helpful, I came alive that day. I, I know it was your day, sure. But um, let's be real. <laughs> it was the male voices day. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, maybe we all had a day. Yeah. That's perhaps fair. It was our day. (laughs) The next day, Melissa texts me after her wedding. You know, just so much has happened, so much emotion, so much physical exhaustion. And the only thing I heard from her the first day was, did you hear how they clapped for us? Did you hear how they sang for us? The people, the people want us back. They crave us. They demand us. They sure do. So to the 12 people who clapped, thank you so much. This is for you. This is absolutely for you. We dedicate this, our biological son, (laughs) to you. We've been negligent parents, but it's time to roll up our sleeves and put in the work. Yeah, it's time to get off our asses and fucking work. Nobody wants to work, and it's true. It's true, yes, including us. But in this capacity, I sure do. You know what? This isn't work. This is a joy. This is. It is. It is true. So, yeah. H- how uh, how you been? Good, good. I actually have another wedding story that I wanted oh, to share with you. Please. You know I missed your wedding. So, a week after the male voice and I signed all of the documents, 
the male voice's cousin had a wedding and I was talking to his uncle, the father of the bride, or no, the the father <laughs> of the groom, my apologies, my uncle-in-law now. Ooh. And I was a couple drinks in. It's a wedding. It's a fancy party. Brain function not at top tier, mm. shall we say. Mm. And he starts telling me about how he had a painting by this artist who was prolific during World War II. And he was like, this artist, he is famous for painting a portrait of, of Eva Peron. Oh, okay. Longtime fans of the pod may remember that I, for some reason, admitted, and am readmitting now, that for 30 <laughs> years of my life, I thought that Eva Peron was a cruel Argentinian dictator who was married to Hitler. And I was like, is he trying to say to me that he is a Nazi sympathizer right now? He came to you on the day of his son's wedding? <laughs> on the day of his son's wedding? Oh, boy. Okay. I just had my my smile plastered on. Yeah. yeah. And I said, uh-huh. So do you have a portrait of Eva Perón in your home? Uh-huh. Me thinking I was asking him, do you have a portrait of Hitler's wife? Oh, Melissa. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, no, no, no. That's a famous one. And I was like, I'm sure it is. Oh, boy. I didn't realize until after we had parted ways that we were having two very different conversations. Yeah. And I am so glad I didn't say anything. The Texas public education system has so much to answer for. I don't know if that's the Texas public education system. I think that one's on me. Look, I was trying to give you an out. (laughs) I was trying to blame it on daddy government. But, (laughs) you know... You uh, took responsibility, uh, personal responsibility. I got off my ass and worked. (laughs) That's family, bud. I thought he was like, it's my son's wedding. I'm going to hate crime someone. (laughs) Baby can have one hate crime as a treat. Why not? It's a party. (laughs) What what a a society that would be. You get one. (laughs) It's like the purge when your child gets married. Yes. (laughs) So, you know... Speaking of The Purge, I don't know if that was a bad segue. I'm very excited because, as we talked about in the last episode, I do think that one of the more endearing elements of uh, this podcast is delving into the, just just the psyche of a young Melissa. Like, oh God. God bless you for being so willing to share. It is, it is, it's a, it's a learning and friendship adventure. It's also a healing adventure for you. I don't know how I could open with the, mistaking Hitler's wife scenario and only go down. (laughs) And yet here we are. So I texted (laughs) Melissa before this. Buddy. Buddy is obviously, you know, one of my favorite ways to refer to a friend. But it's also like, oh, buddy. Buddy. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to you about Oz. Yeah. Should we we get into Is It Cute? Okay. Well, I guess let's introduce ourselves the old-fashioned way. Oh, shit. You're right. Welcome to another episode of Big Mistake. I'm Melissa. Hi, everybody. I'm Aditi. And today we are here to talk about season two, episode four of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Inca Mummy Girl. Wow, I'm really sorry that we issued tradition. I just really had to talk about your wedding and my role in it. (laughs) So I apologize. Look, a co-podcaster only has a wedding once. Let me have this. It's true. Yes, welcome to our pod. Welcome, welcome back. Okay, episode summary. Mummy, may I? 
Buffy and Giles are suspicious of Ampata, a Peruvian exchange student staying at Buffy's house, when a fellow student goes missing during a school field trip to the Natural History Museum, and a broken Peruvian pictogram cover plate is found in his place. Meanwhile, after Xander falls head over heels for Ampata, he faces certain death when his love interest is revealed to be an ancient mummy who must kill to stay alive. Whomst among us has not had this experience? <sighs> High school's rough, you know. High school's rough, especially for young Xander, who does <laughs> not have a great track record. <laughs> He's got deadly taste. I guess high level... I'm going to be very honest with the listeners. I don't watch Buffy when we're not recording, mostly out of loyalty to the pod, to you, fidelity of our relationship, our child potty, or Big Mistake, as he's formerly known. Big Mistake is a man. Well, a boy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a baby. He hasn't had his 13th birthday yet. Please. So I had not watched an episode in like a year. Because, you know, I want to keep it fresh. So it was really fun to, like, get back into it. It was so fun to, like, see the, like, 90s of it all. You know, the casual xenophobia of this episode. Um. (laughs) Yeah, this was a fun one to jump back in on. (laughs) As you know, this is a big one for me. Your buddy. For my my little buddy. (laughs) Um, Just some fun facts about this episode. Screenwriters were Matt Keen and Joe Rinkemeyer, who also wrote The Pack. They really speak to me. And the director, Ellen S. Pressman, also directed the Puppet Show episode and episodes of Riverdale. Wow, this person is prolific. And (laughs) this episode checks a lot of boxes for you. First, Riverdale. Obviously. And secondly, the Inca bodyguard plays a character in Twilight. I am not a twihard, so I don't know who this character is. Oh, I'm not a twi- Okay. Um, first of all, some of us were able to escape the siren call of Stephanie Meyer's writing. Uh, how nice for you. I know we share mostly your embarrassing stories on here, mm-hmm. but uh, an embarrassing story for me yes. is that, you know, as a grown-up now, I love to say, oh, well, I mean, I was like, I was like a kid when I read those books. Uh, I read the first one at 19. Oh, yeah. You were you were voting age. I voted for my right to read this. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, yes, he plays the father of Jacob. Oh, you recognized him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Twilight is having a resurgence. I feel like the young children on TikTok really like it because it's such an absurd movie. Uh, series, excuse me. Uh, please, respectfully. It's more of a lifestyle. Twilight, Twilight is, it is good. It is good. And what's important is I read it as a child. Yeah. I was technically in my teens. That's true. You are a teenage dirtbag. Well argued, counselor. Counselor me. <laughs> it's very funny because the friends of mine who did read it, like, who loved it, we we also read, like, you know, fantasy of good quality and also bad quality, including this series called A Court of Thorn and Roses, which <laughs> Melissa started reading. <laughs> And what do you call it, Melissa? Uh, a court of thrones and dongs. Songs and dongs. Songs and dongs. Sorry. Yes. Please let me tell you your own joke because it really got me. <laughs> Can I tell you? I'm in like a Discord channel with a lot of my old coworkers, mm-hmm. and one of them, he was like, "You know, my aunt reads all these romance <laughs> novels. I bet I could churn one of these out, no problem." Oh, boy. And I was like, "Go on." Mm-hmm. And he was like. I'm just spitballing here. I'm going to make it about an 
aging rock star, just like a Brett Michaels type. <laughs> he wrote an entire outline from beginning to end. It seems like a banger. That sounds, I mean, it sounds first of all up your alley as a Brett Michaels fan. <laughs> I don't know if I am a Brett Michaels fan. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> Excuse me, you watched that show. Oh yeah, I watched the show. That's because I am a drama fan. I'm a fan of love. Wow. Wow. They say every rose has its thorn and we've just found yours. <laughs> but enough about us. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Did you miss us? Okay, shall we do Slay or Nay? Slay or Nay. What do you think of Buffy's outfits this episode? You know, for me, it was not the best, but definitely not the worst. I would say like 75th percentile of Slay. Mm -hmm. I loved her first outfit. Like, you know, I just think her little tiny crop top skirt look is always very cute. Mm -hmm. She's been leaning a lot into halter tops, which I think is a great look for her. Some of the outfits veer a little bit sometimes towards stepmom vibes like hot stepmom vibes but that's like very much cordelia's purview i think this episode i think she has a yeah. lot of like she dresses like older hottie yeah like someone someone who belongs to a tennis club yes because cordelia's aesthetic she has very second wife tennis club vibes mm -hmm. i loved buffy in overalls obviously she's so cute i love that they she wears these purple sunglasses and she's worn them for a couple of episodes now. I like that they repeat them. I think they look so cute on her, but I could never pull them off. Yeah, the, the glasses. And it's just, I mean, again, I haven't watched an episode in a year. And man, so much of what they are wearing is almost exactly as to like what the kids are wearing. Like mm -hmm. the Zoomers on TikTok, like absolutely would wear most of those outfits, I feel. And I think in this outfit, we see a lot of like bell sleeves, a subtle mm -hmm. bell sleeve, which I think is so cute. I loved a bell sleeve as a child. Yes. Yeah. I think Willow has some. Yes. And Buffy has a cardigan that has slight bell sleeves. I love it. The first scene where she's wearing the like purple crop top with the skirt and then Willow is wearing the looser bell sleeve shirt with a longer skirt. Mm -hmm. That was very much what I wanted to have worn in high school would have been Buffy, and what I would have worn would have been Willow. So I finished editing our previous episode yesterday, and then yesterday evening, I went out to some bars and realized that I was dressed like Willow from that episode. She's so cute. And also, it is, it's like back in style now, which I think is funny. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that all in all, Buffy was very cute. You know, I just... It was such a great Willow and Xander episode, which we can mm -hmm. chat about later. But I loved, uh, yeah, Willow sometimes gets relegated to, like, deeply unfashionable things. And obviously the, like, parka was like, haha. But she had some cute stuff. Her little bucket hat was real cute. It brought me so much joy. Like, her very shiny, shiny cloud shirt and yes. her backpack with rainbow straps that look like suspenders. Yeah. Clown car bonkers. Yeah. A queer icon. Truly, truly. What can't she do? She's very, she's just so sweet. And her little beanie, she wore a lot of hats. She wears a lot of hats in the friend group, in life. Mm -hmm. Cordelia, she's incredible. She's still, a year later, my favorite. She's so hot and mean and a little racist. <laughs> Is that your type? Evidently. <laughs> 
So yeah, she was great. I think that her desire to wear a bathing suit as a, or excuse me, a swimming costume as a um, cultural like dress, incredible. I believe she was trying to represent the Polynesian culture. Have some respect. I'm, I'm, my apologies. Anybody who just flagrantly does not do anything they want to do, but just look hot. Yeah, good for her. Mm-hmm. She is. <laughs> is this why we're friends? Because I'm hot, mean, and kind of racist. I didn't want to say it until now. I thought about putting it in your wedding toast, but I was like, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't want everyone to know. That's our thing. That's our thing. <laughs> um, yeah, she was, she was great. What are the Cordelia standouts for you? I love her giant hair clip. Yeah. In the scene where she's berating Oz's bandmate. She just has a comically large hair clip mm-hmm. in her hair, which brings me a lot of joy. I also have a wild card sleigh. Oh! And that is our delinquent in the beginning of the episode, Rodney. Rodney? Rodney. Because let me describe Rodney's outfit to you. Okay. It is an unzipped track jacket. Is there a shirt underneath? No. (laughs) Why would he wear a shirt? He's going to high school. He's he's got a metal ball chain necklace. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Just dangling over his bare, hairless, prepubescent boy chest. Mm, yes. True chaos prince. Yeah, Rodney, Rodney, what what a what a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I thought Xander looked I think he's like getting slightly better fitted clothes. Like they don't look mm-hmm. as like cartoonishly large. In all, I think that the episode's fashion was good. But there was nothing that really like stood out to me, but there wasn't anything pretty egregious. Yeah. I do think that the transformation of the original Ampata's outfit from being like kind of dweeby mm-hmm. to when the reincarnated mummy puts it on, it magically becomes like sophisticated and hot. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I thought that that was excellent. I mean, Ampata, also the dress she wore at the end, she looked beautiful. I mean, she's, she's, she's a beautiful actress. I liked her fits with the little, like, you know, those, like, 90s mom jeans and the Mm -hmm. little crop top. She looked very cute. But the transformation from, like, those, like, chinos and, like, white button up to, like, oh, it's just casually tied around, you know, like, I tied, like, it around my waist and I look cute. Just effortlessly chic. Ugh, effortless, truly. She literally killed for that outfit and it looked so effortless. She, you know, she carries around a mummy but no lipstick. She's not like other girls. (laughs) Band candy. We have this episode, our first episode that we are introduced to the incredible musical stylings of Dingo's Ate My Baby. Oh boy. A band with incredible, uh, incredible guitar player, Daniel Osborne, Oz. <sighs> yeah. I, I, I mean, is this the start of something meaningful for you? I would be lying if I said it was not. Okay. (laughs) Walk me through it. Like, I would like to know what were your feelings, your heart, your emotions as a child? Now, what are they? Is there much deviation? I, dear God, I hope so. Well, (laughs) you know I love a twee gentleman. You know I like a little guy. A little guy? A little guy for my little guy. Just a little guy. (laughs) 
I love a short king. Mm-hmm. I was already a big fan of Seth Green from his previous work in the Austin Powers oeuvre. Oh, yes, yes. Very famous. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I I don't know how to how to say this without like, because I don't want to color your interpretation of how things progress moving forward. Mm, okay. So I really identified with Willow, especially in this episode, because I have had a very similar experience of like going to a dance and like thinking my outfit was really cool and then realizing that everyone else looks really hot and I just look kind of like a dummy, you know, like normal kids stuff. And, you know, like knowing exactly where you are in the social hierarchy of school. Yeah. And and also, I think at a young age, having to make peace with a lot of disappointment. Yeah. That is a very difficult thing to wrap your head around because the language around it is not really developed at that age and the emotional like reservoirs. Like obviously when you're young, you feel things very black and white. And as you get older, like there's such gradation. So disappointment is not the same as like sadness, but you Mm -hmm. emote sadness, right? And so I think that that is like a very human experience growing up. And I think the character of Willow has a lot of grace, like the way that she handles like emotional disappointment and also the painful self-awareness of knowing where you are in the very rigid and cruel social hierarchies of high school. Yeah. I think she's very honest with herself about who she is and where she fits in. And she never really tries to change that, which I think is really admirable. But like, there is always this hope, or at least I always had this hope that like, you know, you do want someone to think you're cool, yeah. right? Like, obviously, Buffy loves her and Xander loves her, but they're not really popular either. They don't really have a lot of social status. But Oz is mysterious, and he's in the band, and he has a lot of, like, social capital. And so to be validated by someone like that is, like, a really affirming thing for a girl. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought it was so sweet that, Oz is always very upfront about how he thinks Willow is just the coolest and the smartest and he loves her so much and it is so, so sweet and it was so affirming and hopeful for me to see as a child (laughs) and I love him so much. He has a very special place in my heart. I came here ready to drag you. Mm-hmm. But that was so thoughtful. I can't. Hell yeah. <laughs> Damn. That was a stake through my heart. Stake through the heart! <laughs> and here I thought I would have stakes through my heart today. <sighs> wow. The staker becomes the stakey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, like, look, he can't help that he's played by Seth Green. <laughs> and maybe he could have helped that goatee. <laughs> but these 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 little details are not what make Oz. Okay, I'm okay, now now I'm excited. Now I'm excited. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you, I thought because he was so aloof, he would be a rude boy. But it sounds like he's not a rude boy to our girl, which is all I care about. He's not a rude boy to our girl. He just doesn't like Cordelia. Which I can see how you might find personally offensive. No, which is fair. I mean, she she is deeply annoying as well as being hot. So, 
I mean, big same. <laughs> Is it cute? Okay, is it cute? Should we first start with Empata? Yeah. I mean, absolutely, unquestionably beautiful. Very cute. Very cute. Do I think it is cute how she tried to kill a bunch of people? Less so. Do I admire her strategy of deploying her, I don't know anything, what's a Twinkie, to... I will get what I want and steal your lifeblood or your life force. Uh, maybe not cute, but uh, strategic. Do you think she was trying to seduce Xander to get his life force the whole time? No, I think that she played the balance between I'm cute and don't understand what's happening to I am deeply powerful. Ah, yeah, that is cute. It's, it's, it's cute to have a plan. It is. Yeah, so she's, she's cute. Bodyguard. Can't say much about personality, but, you know, as the father to Jacob, very, very cute. As two co-parents, we can relate. <laughs> Parenthood, very cute. Ooh. Of joys, no struggles. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's great. End of list. <laughs> yeah, I would say that those two things are the main two folks I would think about. What about anybody else? No, I agree with you. Obviously, everything is cute. I really enjoyed the um, the special effects as her arms and neck got progressively more mummified as she was jonesing for a life suck. That was a siren in my head to moisturize and sunblock my neck. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't want to you don't want to age like one one part of your body looking tight, looking right, neck looking like impata. Don't do it, y'all. Sunblock. Yeah, they call that a Kyle Richards. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Ooh, salty. <laughs> and, and also, I came here fully ready to drag Oz on Is It Cute? But unfortunately, your beautiful explanation has rendered me unable to be mean about Oz so far. You can be mean about Oz. I promise it won't hurt my feelings. He's not cute. <laughs> it's, th- that's fine. But but in your defense, it is the Seth Green of it all. And also bad wardrobe choices and, and bad hair styling choices. Yeah, those never get better. Okay. Okay. I just think I love Oz so much that he somehow makes it attractive to me. Yeah, that's how it goes. I love him so much. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Do you have wanderlust? A desire to see the pyramids? To kiss a llama in a rolling field of green? If so, book your next adventure with Empata Travel. Here at Empata Travel, we will show you the vaguely exotic wonders of South America. Guided by our working knowledge of the region, as developed through the American education system, our tours are untethered by the confines of reality and geographic necessity. Rainforests, beaches, sloths, elephants, tigers, wombats, klezmer music, Belgian waffles, the Taj Mahal, Mr. Darcy, the Great Wall of China, hot reanimated mummies. See it all and more in South America. Whether you yearn for the taste of mouth-watering homemade, uh, tacos, I guess? Or to dance under the star's traditional, I want to say, like, reggaeton? Our Vibes Lace Panning will ensure that you see it all while experiencing very little. Go to www.empatatravel.com backslash big mistake and use the promo code WHATISINCA to receive 10% off your travel package. Adventure, and more importantly, your Instagram likes, await.
during the episode. All right, so we start off. Our beautiful students are having a big day because it's a field trip to the museum. Oh, man, field trips. What a rush. What a what an experience. Did you ever go anywhere cool? I'm racking my brain. I don't think so. I'll, I'll, I'll rack it some more. No, what about y'all? Mm, we went to Fossil Headquarters once. That's cool. Not Fossil, like Dinosaur Fossil, like Fossil, the watch company. That is less cool. Because they're located in Dallas, and I guess they were trying to like, I don't know what they were trying to do. <laughs> trying to make y'all into young entrepreneurs. I, I guess, yeah. How, what an, what, what an American story. You went to Fossil not to go look at history and science and the like wonder at the majesty of the world, but a shitty watch company. Yeah. After that, I was like, wow, Fossil's amazing. And then I was like very into Fossil for a while. Do you think they funded that trip? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Ah. And they, they gave us all free hats at the end, which is why I liked Fossil so much, because I got a free hat. It turns out that defunding education, bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's think back to, uh, to that <laughs> Eva Perone conversation earlier. <laughs> Turns out that when you require public-private partnerships to fund high school field trips, mm -hmm. perhaps things are not right. Perhaps bad. Perhaps bad. Uh, but no, no good field trips. Yeah, no. But our friends are on a field trip. Our young scholars. <laughs> our young scholars. Our young scholars are on a field trip. <laughs> They're very cute. There's like some sort of a Vincent Price as a realtor museum docent. <laughs> Yes. With yes. like the mustache and, a, and the red blazer. I, I like the red blazer. I thought it was very, I thought it was a sleigh. Yeah, it's, it means he sold his first home. <laughs> he looked also like a mortician. Yeah. So he maybe embalmed his first body and or sold his first home. Maybe it was the same family. Maybe. The body is the home of, <laughs> of the, the brain, the soul. It keeps the score and it is the home. <laughs> So we, we, the episode opens and he's saying dinosaurs are distinguished by an erect posture. Mm. And I ask you, distinguished from what? <laughs> Other large birds. Oh. So, so we have our Vincent Price, uh, mortician, realtor, uh, educator. What can't he do? What's his backstory? Is there a Mrs. Mortician <laughs> realtor? Look, all I can tell is that he hustles and... <laughs> That's good. He gets off his ass and works. <laughs> I have grown accustomed to a certain lifestyle, and I must be <laughs> taken care of. I need that museum docent money. You know what I mean? I sure do. <laughs> um, that's why he has two other jobs. You think he can live on that? He doesn't even have time to change in between <laughs> jobs. <laughs> he has to come straight from the haunted house to the museum, and then he has to go sell a home. <laughs> Wow. I mean, this episode is like an indictment of like the education system, the labor market, like Buffy, Buffy is deep. Mm -hmm. So he takes us though to the mummy. Let me give you some background on the Incas as long as we're here. The character of Ampada was based on a real life mummy named Mummy Juanita. Hmm. Mummy Juanita, also known as the Lady of Ampato, is the well-preserved frozen body of an Inca girl who was killed as an offering to the Inca gods sometime between 1440 and 1480 when she was approximately 12 to 15 years old. She was discovered on the dormant stratovolcano Mount Ampato, part of the Andes Cordillera, 
in southern Peru in 1995 by some anthropologists and their climbing partner. So this one is actually based on fact and I feel like is pretty close to the real thing. They made her a little bit older. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So then we meet Rodney. Mm -hmm. I am not exactly sure what Rodney is doing. He is defiling an artifact somehow. Where is Vincent to stop him? He's doing one of his 20 other jobs. (laughs) He's probably like filing someone's taxes or something. (laughs) He's busy just trying to make it in the world. And whereas Rodney is just absolutely defiling an artifact. Do you know what he's doing? He's like scraping something off a mask. I mean, is he trying to clean it or destroy it? He's trying to destroy it. Yeah, he's not, he's not great. I'm going to say that. What is also his relationship to Willow? Is it like a mentor mentee thing? Is she trying to get, what is happening? I think she is sort of like the dummy whisperer where she like goes to the park and throws out (laughs) like breadcrumbs and all of the dummies come to her and try to learn math. Yeah, she, she is too kind. Yeah. Yeah. So she talks him down. I enjoyed the exchange that Xander and Buffy had <laughs> about how she doesn't always use violence. <laughs> we have that. And then Buffy is like, oh, I have to have this student. You know, he's going to cramp my style. Xander is like, oh, a boy. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's been exchanged to Australia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say, I think if season, like, I think this is, if this were season one, it would have been, like, way more annoying. Whereas, like, it's still annoying in season two, but he does it in a much more, like, humorous manner. I think in season one, they rid the character of Xander with, like, as much over desperation for Buffy. So it's, like, a little bit more funny and palatable. I like how in this episode, we see that he really can't communicate with Anyone that he finds attractive. <laughs> yeah. So at least it's not just Buffy anymore. Yeah. It's it's much more palatable, I think, when they spread his desperation around. <laughs> yes. There's talk of this cultural appropriation dance. <laughs> 100% would not happen now. <laughs> I think it's funny because I obviously don't know exactly what's happening in high schools now, or at least, but I only know like media. And now, like, media content, even if there was, like, a villain or, like, a bu- a school bully, like, I wonder if the villain or school bully would be, like, as, like, uh, casual and, like, the xenophobia or, like, racism that, like, the-, the episode has, like, that they go to. Just because, like, times have changed, right? Like, there's this, like, I- implicit thing about that is not going to be brought into, like, I don't know, like, the new Gossip Girl or whatever. But, yeah, the kids, uh... They are defending the homeland with with their rejection of a foreign culture. Good for them, I guess. I don't know. They're they're building a wall around the bronze. They are preparing to never forget. <laughs> they're remembering now so that they can never forget later. <laughs> what is this? Like 90 This is like 97, 98? Yeah. This is probably 98, right? At season 2. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's talk of the dance. Buffy is like so uh, what what do you think of Willow in a biblical manner? And Xander's like, you know, she's my best friend and I care about her so much, just not in that way, which is fair and like a valid way to feel. I mean, especially considering what they could have done in that time yeah. and also the season prior. I think that this was actually very well done and it could have been much crueler. Yeah, I like that this season everyone is being very nice to our girl. 
As they should. As they should. So Willow comes in and she's like, Rodney's parents haven't seen him for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And like, maybe you're right. Maybe they do have a deeper relationship because why is she talking to his parents? Maybe it's like a big sister, little brother thing. She just, she just takes on her strays. God bless her. So she's concerned. And then Buffy remembers that she has to go pick up boy Impato. Impato. Impato, excuse me. Uh, we get to the bus scene where we meet this poor boy, not long for this earth. And this poor boy who they cast was like, simultaneously looked 12 and also 42. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. He somehow was like, clearly very large and capable, but also the biggest dork on yeah. the earth. Yeah, he, <laughs> poor guy, just on both ends, just not getting any help. He's looking for Buffy, and then he meets his demise. I just feel so bad because he had to wait at the bus station for, like, 40 minutes. And, like, honestly, if I were going to go, I would like to go somewhere (laughs) that I love, like the bus station. Yes. But the disrespect. The disrespect. Yeah, so we get there, and, you know, the Scooby gang's looking for what they assume is going to be this Peruvian boy. But then walks in this super hot girl effortless effortless oh i just threw this on (laughs) (laughs) who me oh i just rode the bus in from peru looking like this (laughs) just straight up Mm -hmm. also they never uh refer to her as peruvian they always refer to her as south american during the show yeah which i thought was very funny like do they think we don't know what peru is (laughs) yeah they 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 don't know geography Again, what is happening in that high school? I mean, obviously we know that the principal is busy being involved in a conspiracy. So I don't know what he's doing. It seems like Giles can only do so much. Like, I don't think he can take on geography. I mean, the school is obviously so well-funded. But where is that money going? I mean, to to an absurd library collection that nobody uses. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, and then what? For I, I maybe the Razorbacks get it. I don't know. They could only afford one pig. <laughs> Some pig. Some pig. <laughs> they probably have to pay. Uh, they probably have to pay the principals like a ton of money to work there since yeah. they all die. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So we meet uh, the hottie. Xander is like hard eyes emoji bungeeing back and forth from his eye sockets. Auga. Exactly. Bef- yeah, before then we get the, I only speak Chihuahua and Doritos. Uh, incredible. It's it's so charming. <laughs> <laughs> he's funny. He's cute. Yeah. He's a little racist. <laughs> <laughs> we have funny, cute, a little racist. Then we have hot, mean, a little racist, Cordelia. Uh, yeah. Those are, those are the two archetypes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get her home and she has this like, very inconsistent knowledge of both English, but also like cultural references or like the utilities or what have you, which can all be, you know, adorably absolved into just thinking, oh, I don't know, she's from South America. Maybe she doesn't know these things. That is a convenient, she she benefits from their uh, ignorance, which, you know what? That's fine. Good for her. That's fine. I'm, I'll allow it. That's fine. <laughs> Take your reward. <laughs> Who's amongst us? So we, so we have our girl and, you know, she's, She's being squired around the school by Xander, including just, uh, you know, a very romantic outside alfresco dining experience with Mm -hmm. Twinkies. Very romantic. 
But as that happens, we see the bodyguard, whom we first meet in the museum where <laughs> Sandra tries to jump on him and he pushes him off, which I found to be very funny. Aww. <laughs> he tries. His heart's in the right place. His body is not. Never. <laughs> but um, he he tries to hurt Xander. Xander does some little some he 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 does better the second time with the with the bodyguard. But then he runs away, and we realize something is afoot. Mm-hmm. We go to Willow and Buffy in the library. Willow obsessing over Xander being the saddest and realest thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Been there, friends. <laughs> Yeah, like, Willow is the heart of this show for me, 1,000%. So yeah, Willow decides to put her feelings aside and encourage Xander Mm -hmm. to ask Ampata to the dance, which is very big of her. She's a classy girl. She's a a real stand-up girl. She is. (laughs) Ampata very sensually tells Xander that she has to take a piece and runs (laughs) into the bathroom. So she's go piss girl. <laughs> she, she says, I'm going to go where you cannot follow. And then she twirls herself into a public high school bathroom <laughs> erotically. Hard to do. Very difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. And then the bodyguard is in there and we realize that she can suck the life out of people by kissing them in a sort of like freeze-dry poison ivy situation (laughs) oh yeah 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 yeah. and i think that's when our worm turns shall we say with thinking that empata is just a lovely lass who's perhaps trying to break a curse or have some sort of benevolence around her into hmm, perhaps she may be a baddie but not the good kind of baddie yeah we go to the girlies having a gossip session buffy and empata Two sides of the same coin, Mm -hmm. both wanting a normal life, both chosen (laughs) ones who are destined to die at a young age. We see how Buffy could have maybe gone down a dark path. Tell me more. Well, they have the same sort of pressures. They both want a normal future. They both want a Mm -hmm. good life for themselves. And Ampata is in a situation where she has these powers. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of physical prowess, and she can use that physical prowess to manipulate people, and Mm -hmm. she does so for her own gain. Mm. Whereas Buffy has those same powers, and she is always trying to fight for good, and she willingly went to go fight the master when she knew she had to die to save everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's That's a really good point, counterpoint. That's really interesting. Buffy, you know, despite the fact that she very, like, and you know, like the scene coming up with Joyce, and like, there are so many consequences, not just to her physically, but emotionally and socially, and then also like disappointing her mom and, you know, the inability to explain why she makes the choices she does. Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot to put on a young person's shoulder. And you're right, she does just, you know, obviously she complains or she wants a different life and vocalizes as such she always chooses to do Mm -hmm. what she has been chosen to do yeah it's very nice and you see the symmetry when ampata is about to discover her stakes just as she's about to discover the dead boy corpse in Mm -hmm. in ampata's suitcase Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then we go to the dance we see dingoes ain't my baby playing the same song either it's the same song or same type of song 
It is just sad boy gravelly music. Let me tell you a little bit about Dingo's Ate My Baby. Okay. Since we're dragging them a little bit. So Dingo's Ain't My Baby, their music is actually performed by a band called Four Star Mary, okay. whose latest release was in 2016, so they're pretty current, I guess. Mm-hmm. The music editor for the show, John King, was at a party thrown by the bassist of Four Star Mary's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and he saw the band playing there, and he was like, oh, these guys are going to be perfect for the show. Mm-hmm. So that was that. They got on the show. Seth Green doesn't really play guitar, but he tries. He's wearing black nail polish, which does a lot of the work for him, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I think that their music absolutely sets the atmospheric tone for the bronze. So yeah, we're, we're at the bronze, and we see Empata and Xander have a romantic slow dance. You know, all of his dreams are coming true. Good for him. <laughs> they will soon be dashed. Yeah, they're having their romantic slow dance, and the romance is too powerful, and Ampata has to escape, so she flees. Into a confined space with Doyle from Gilmore Girls. Yes. I am thrilled. I love Doyle. So I know him as Jonathan Mm. from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm -hmm. Jonathan is sort of a, um, he always shows up in these episodes as like, a tiny man who is about to have tragedy befall him. Mm, okay. And I love him so much. He's such a good addition to this show. I am I am already delighted to see him. I mean, first of all, I forget the actor's name, but he's like very successful. I think he like wrote for Scandal and like wrote for like a Tyler Perry movie. I know he's done a lot, but in my heart, he will always be the neurotic, <laughs> deeply rigid, but also deeply loving Doyle. To my number one girly, Miss Paris Geller. The baddest to ever do it. Is her last name Geller? Mm-hmm. Like Sarah Michelle Geller? Oh the my overlap. Oh god. Wow. Wow. I feel like the numbers guy in the rehearsal. <laughs> y'all, y'all are very lucky that this is being recorded when it is because a couple of months ago, uh, Melissa and I were deep in the rehearsal hive. We oh, were, yeah. we were like, we were the general and the second in command. We took turns on the rehearsal. Yeah, we're co-captains of the Nathan Fielder Sexual Appreciation Society. <laughs> it's not my fault that he has an untenable amount of charisma for one person. <laughs> <laughs> the male voice calls the rehearsal that show that makes you go insane because he, he didn't watch it with me. No. But- he would watch me watch it. Yeah, I don't think the male voice could handle it. He doesn't like that amount of interpersonal distress in a show. No. 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 I tried to convince my buddy to watch it the next day, and I was like, oh my god, it's life-changing. It makes you really question your beliefs on parenthood and, like, grappling with if you think you're a good person. And I was trying really hard, and my friend responded, I don't want to think about any of that. (laughs) Listen, I have never once grappled with my feelings on parenthood. I live an unexamined life. Yeah. Being a co-father of <laughs> our pod son. Yeah. It's been one of the most fulfilling experiences of my life. Just like for Nathan. Just like for Nathan. Nathan for us. Nathan for us. We deserve. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's a blessing we didn't record a couple of months ago because it would have been <laughs> deeply off-putting to everyone but us. Anyway, speaking of um, romance mm. and charisma. Mm-hmm. 
we go back to the dance <laughs> where there are so many romantic plates spinning this episode. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We have Xander, who is saved by love. We have Willow, who is happy that Ampata is the mummy. We have Oz, who sees Willow in her costume from across the room and says, who is that girl? Mm-hmm. Which is a huge moment for me, <laughs> as I'm sure you know. <laughs> so, like, really, you didn't have any feelings when when he was like, wow, who is she? No, that was sweet. That was sweet. Okay. My, my, my opinions of him are not, they're not very strong. It's just mostly I was teasing you. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Every rose has its thorn. No, it was sweet. It was sweet. It's also like Willow deserves the feeling of being like found interesting, desirable, cure, you know, enigmatic to someone else because she's always in the position of feeling that for other people. Mm-hmm. So yes, lots of plates, lots of plates, romance flying anywhere, everywhere, romance flying everywhere. Ampata runs to the museum where they have a showdown. They do. They do. Xander saving Willow because. He loves her so much. I just, I really appreciate the weight that they show Xander very deliberately placing on his friendship with Willow, even though he is very clear about how he's not interested in her romantically. Yeah. I think you don't see a lot of friendships between like high school aged boys and girls that are platonic like that, that are given that kind of weight. Especially like in the in the uh, timeline of the show, Willow only has expressed interest in boys, and so mm-hmm. it's not like oh, I'm helping my friend, but you know she's she's not into me, she's not into boys, like she's you know she's gay or she's queer or whatever. Um, so I think like th- at the time we like still read her as like a straight character. So mm-hmm. I think like that's also very touching because like the uh, relationship that Xander chooses to prioritize is a friendship with a girl that liked him that he didn't and there was this like very desirable girl that he wanted to have like a romantic or like sexual connection with or just even the whisper of one at that age right (laughs) he just wants to french he just he just wants to like be within less than six feet distance he just doesn't want to socially distance he wants to be within honking distance of a top front (laughs) wow you really you really are romantic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was in my vows to the male voice. <laughs> Were you mocking him? <laughs> wow. What gender <laughs> subversion. And she was the surgeon. <laughs> and she was a horse. <laughs> Why is honking so funny? <laughs> Such a funny disgusting juvenile (laughs) phrase i did put a jack donaghy quote in the vows though like that part's true it's true for realsies so yeah so we have this moment and it's very it's very sweet and you know it uh reaffirms the relationship and love that they all have for each other yeah and i i gotta say it's a very bold move of xander being like if you want to kill anyone kill me she's known him for like 12 hours yeah. And he's placing a lot on what he perceives to be like his charm and allure and charisma. The hubris. The hubris of man. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, our girl, she's a slayer. She slays, even in overalls. I loved that Ampata died in his arms and then her arms fell off. <laughs> I that was like chef's kiss. Yeah. 
The I will say we talked about this in the last episode. The production quality of season two has been much higher than season one. Yeah, season yeah. two there would have been just like a party city skeleton at the end of this. <laughs> season one, excuse me. Yeah, so that happened, and then we conclude the episode with Xander and Buffy walking, and you know Xander has a rare, but hopefully it'll become less rare moment of introspection. All in all, well. Do you want to rate this episode? I will rate it as, for me, just speaking for me, Mm -hmm. strong medium stakes. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I think uh, the seed of Oz is planted. (laughs) Over time, it it will grow as the show nurtures it. Yes. Yes. Well, as we know, you know, with relationships, you require uh, care. You know, you have to water the seed. You have to let the seed grow. You have to let it sprout other gardening metaphors yeah yes (laughs) much like our show we water it with the tears of laughter and also sorrow yeah (laughs) yeah yeah dude we did it we're back oh feels good man feels good to laugh let's uh let's really hope we don't take another year for the next one yeah (laughs) we missed you we miss you so much this is honestly the highlight of so much of how I spend my time. Yeah. So reach out, drop us a line on Instagram or Twitter if that still exists by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, any questions, comments, concerns, no complaints. Until the next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another fantastic episode of Big Mistake. Be sure to check out our socials at Big Mistake Pod on Twitter and Instagram to see all of the outfits discussed in each episode Slayer Name. If you have any messages for us, or if the apocalypse comes, beep us via social media or by email at bigmistake at gmail.com. That's B-I-G-M-I-S-S-S-T-A-K-E. Review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform to absolutely make our day. Catch you at the bronze.